Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, entrepreneurship in both the private and public sectors. I do think entrepreneurship requires an idea that is different in some way from what's going on around you. It does have to require that, and it requires an energy and a dedication to seeing it happen. Entrepreneurship comes in many strains, or maybe just one strain. Rob Cortell is chairman and CEO of Entelex. He's been involved in entrepreneurship in different ways in the federal government uh, as a public servant. He has been involved as an entrepreneur and a founder of businesses, and he sees entrepreneurship everywhere, and that's why we have him on the show today. Rob, thanks for joining us. I'm delighted to be here. Well, you've run for office. You've set up agencies. You've started companies. Where's the common thread other than you can't hold a job? <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure I've set up agencies, but I've been there at the beginning. Okay, fair you know, enough. Years and years ago, I had a, a boss at the Federal Energy Office, which is the precursor to Department of Energy, who said, you want to start stuff and hand it off. And that's kind of what I like. And it's consistent with the schools I went to. I went to Yale in its first class. You know, I had a mentor who had been in the first class at the Kennedy School and said, there's nothing like being there so you can frame it. And, um, and of course, what we were actually taught there in the Yale Management School was that you look at an organization, public, private, and not-for-profit, and you try to figure out how to run it mm-hmm. um, using many of the same tools. So, so, so you, you like starting things up. It's interesting to me, uh, Mike Daniels, you know, a longtime uh, yeah. leader of the business community here, remarked to me a couple months ago, he said, you know, Jonathan, people come to Washington because they want to do something. People go to Silicon Valley because they want to get rich. Is, do you <laughs> see it that way? Uh, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the go to Silicon Valley to get rich uh, but I do think people come to Washington because they want to start, they want to have an impact. And um, and they they have an impact. And one of my things you mentioned earlier is I really believe you can have an impact in any kind of organization, whether you're leading it, whether you're starting it, whether you're, you know, outside of it. So, you know, I, I still think one of the, the best things I ever did that had an impact was just to come up with an idea. So, you know, after 9-11, I woke up in the middle of the night and realized that you could you could weaponize a container. And I'd been on the Army Science Board, called those folks up, had a meeting two days later of all the three-letter agencies and customs and state and all that. And we came up with what became the paradigm of container security. Now, I've never, you know, we've never made a lot of money off of that because we work for Naval Intelligence and others. But the reality is it's a critical theory about how you are vulnerable and how you can make yourself safe. And and the key difference there was most people think of containers as something you have to inspect physically. And the insight was not only they could be weaponized, but also that you could use data to figure out whether it was risky or not, and then go after those and, you know, create a, a, a process, an efficient process. So I think you can have, almost anyone can have an impact. And that's really what's great about Washington, mm. which is you can have an impact really young. So I was at the EPA at the very beginning, uh, Federal Energy Office. Jerry Ford pardoned the Vietnam-era draft resistors, created an agency that we opened and closed in 364 days, you know, serviced 35,000 people. That's the great thing about D.C., and you can be doing it in the private sector or the public sector, not-for-profits. And you, and I think it's true for me as well, these days a lot of entrepreneurs come to us and ask us for advice. What's the biggest thing you you think that the younger entrepreneurs are missing when they come to you for advice? I, I think they all think they're mainly missing money. Uh, as you well know, you, <laughs> I probably have breakfast with you know young startup folks about three times a week and 
and drinks about three times a week, and every so often somebody over 50. I think what they're missing frequently is experience. They can have a good idea. The fact that they reach out is also a good thing. You know, you and I have talked about this before, that 50-year-olds start most business, more a greater share of businesses than those under 50. Mm. And, in fact, I started my company at 50, and they have a greater chance of success, mainly because of their ongoing experience, and they've been thinking about an idea for a long time. There is this sense, I think, that everybody has to be an entrepreneur and and that everybody can be an entrepreneur. And, and I think you can be, but it may not be in the way you think it will be. What I find interesting is that entrepreneur has become almost a job title, yeah. which has about as much meaning as a job title. <laughs> right. Meaning, right. The, the, <laughs> I, I find that the more entrepreneurial a person is, the less they actually define themselves as being an entrepreneur. I, th- I think that's true. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, what's happened, or fortunately, I don't know, uh, All the biggest major in universities around the country is now business. And inside of that, every one of these schools is establishing an entrepreneurship program. So we have them all here, and you know that. You're involved. I'm I teach involved. you one of them, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So it's, it's sort of the current thing. It's, it's not a bad thing necessarily. Um, what, what is bad is if they go out and they fail and they, they don't pick themselves up and start over again. That's the Teddy Roosevelt thing about the man in the arena. You know, the, the praise shouldn't go to the guy who's the critic. It should go to the guy who gets himself clobbered and starts it over again. So, so it's good if they try it and fail and try it and fail, and then they eventually succeed. Well, I actually think that's the, when I talk with young entrepreneurs, I tell them you learn more for, through failure than do through success. Absolutely. Because it's the ability to fail upward, you know, Absolutely. take failure and turn it into success. That is the hallmark of a of a long-term successful person. The other thing I've seen, though, when I talk with young people, you mentioned money, and I got this advice early on in my career, right, <laughs> yeah. is is if you want to be rich, don't be an entrepreneur. You, yeah, I totally agree. So, so why do you do <laughs> so, it? Why, what do, why do we do it if we're not doing it to be rich? Well, you, you do it for the love of something, of an idea or a concept. And this is why I say it's not just commercial. That's why it can be like the concept around containerization or or you want to um, reduce energy consumption or something else, you know, it's... It's the love of a idea that can change things somehow. Now, there is, as you all know, there's a, so like, what's the difference between small business and entrepreneurship? And there is kind of a, there is a dividing line. You know, there, um, I do think entrepreneurship requires to be real entrepreneurship and an idea that is different in some way from what's going on around you. You know, it has to be, it does have to require that and it requires an energy and a dedication to seeing it happen. I mean, and you you know this yourself because you see all these companies starting up. So for you then, entrepreneurial behavior really is about changing the world. It, it is about change. And and by the way, I want to remark on one thing you just said about um, learning through failure. I, I actually think the military is probably better at that than almost any other institution in the public. And they've really gotten a lot better about it. They dissect what they did wrong. They, they execute exactly to the way you're alluding. They, they fail, they they figure out what's gone wrong, and then they correct it. And they're a very deliberate process, and entrepreneurs can do that. Everybody yeah. can do that. I've seen that with Chris Fussell, who's been on the show. He works mm-hmm. with uh, Stan McChrystal of the McChrystal Group. And I mean, that whole thing yeah. of servant leadership and agile teams, it's all about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if I'm a young person listening, what's the one thing that you want to make sure that they know? The main thing to know is that you you shouldn't fear reaching out to people for experience that you don't have. Uh, and you and I both talk to a lot of startups and entrepreneurs, and 
I think the ones that succeed are the ones who know it's it's part of a process and a community and and are willing to reach out and are are focused and nimble. You know, you you got to be able to know what the the finish line is, but your path is a zigzag. And someone told me that a long time ago, and and I've followed that, and I believe that. We're both zigging and zagging. Right. Rob Cartel, it was great zagging with you today. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) Thanks, Jonathan. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and the Sunbathers. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. Please get in touch with us for sponsorship opportunities. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please rate the podcast. This helps us spread the word about the interesting stories we're telling on what's working in Washington. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on this show. Tweet us at, at what's working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.